With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Rafters. Today, we're bringing in a man who hails from basketball country. Life is funny. Okay. Oh, good one. Don't go there. Not yet. What will we talk about in our podcast? The Bus One Boys. This is a crazy story. Not actor is a basketball player. The crazy thing to me is like where you came from. Yeah, we're all older than we think we are. Always go bleed green, baby. Hey everyone, it's your host Mark D'Amico. Welcome back for another episode of View from the Raptors Behind the Scenes with the Boston Celtics. Today's episode is all about scouting. What do scouts go through on a daily basis? What are the stories that they experience traveling not only around the U.S. to find players for the Celtics, but traveling around the world to find players to come and play for the Boston Celtics? Let me tell you, they've got some crazy stories. And on this episode, uh, Sean Grandy and I are sitting down with Assistant General Manager Austin Ainge. We've got one of our scouts, Ashley Battle, who is one of the only female black scouts in the entire NBA. Some of you in New England will know her name very well, winning a couple championships at UConn for the women's team. And then we're going to wrap up with a conversation with Celtics international scout, Bennis Makovicius. And let me tell you, he's got some wild stories about what he has experienced going to some games overseas. Uh, Every Tuesday, new episodes will be dropping on your favorite podcast platform. And every Wednesday, we'll have new episodes on the Celtics YouTube page. So make sure you subscribe, rate, review us. We appreciate you listening and watching. Without further ado, here it is. Here's our conversation with not only Austin Ainge and Ashley Battle, but wrapping up with Bennis Makovicius. All right, so Austin Ainge, Ashley Battle, uh, the whole purpose of this podcast episode is to get an inside look at what you're all doing on the road and like the craziness that's associated with that. So Austin, I know you've been doing this forever a million miles logged on flights, probably stayed in thousands of hotel rooms at this point. Let's just jump right in. What's the craziest story that you can tell us from from your travel adventures over the years? I've got a I've got a number. Uh, Europe is usually where the the real <laughs> real fun happens. Um, Mario Hazonia, I was here scouting him when he was playing for Barcelona, and I went to watch a game in Athens, Greece of his, and Barcelona was up early and someone called in a bomb threat. And I didn't know what was going on there. 
speaking Greek over the loudspeakers and everything. And it's I, all Greek I, to you. I, yeah, I grabbed an agent. It's like, hey, what is going on? He goes, oh, don't worry, don't worry. This happens if the gamblers are down and they're worried. They just <laughs> stop the momentum. And so they evacuated oh, is this us where all. we're heading in the NBA? Yeah. Oh, God. They, they, oh, they, no. they pull us all out for 40 minutes, let bomb-sniffing dogs do a loop, and then they bring us all back in. But they don't, they don't check tickets on the way back in, so it's just like a mass hysteria running around and it, but it, you know that's that's the fun did the momen- momentum stop yeah actually yeah panathinaikos uh, made a little the, yeah was, <laughs> did they did they wind up flipping and the other team won you know i don't even they remember. at least covered i don't even funny. remember did, don't you, even did you make a note of how mario responded to the adversity of a bomb threat being called <laughs> it it was really just kind of boring but it was scary for a minute until everyone you know i looking around everyone just thought it was ro- routine this is just what we do no worries no worries everyday thing so for the people who don't know, I mean, yeah. before I met you guys, before I worked in this industry, I probably would have envisioned the scout is on the road sitting in, you know, down by the court, having their own section, nice lap. A lot of times you're just in the crowd, right? So in that scenario, is that what the experience was? Were you just sitting in a you, normal seat? You know, Ashley can talk about this too, but it's totally random how you know, different venues, college, G League, NBA, Europe, all these different leagues and teams treat visiting scouts, right? Sometimes you sit on the front row and they treat you like a VIP. And, and no, there's no front row anymore. <laughs> no yeah. Sometimes you're on the upper deck. I, I remember one time I was going to scout Marcus Smart at Oklahoma State and all the scouts that gave us a seat on the upper deck, I'm like, I can't see. I need to watch this guy. We have a big eye. Yeah. I need to see. I snuck down in the student section, and I was jumping with the fans. <laughs> I stood up the whole way just so I could get a better. How look. old were you at that time? Did you fit in? This is. I mean, how long has Smart been? Eight years eight, ago? Eight yeah. years. So it's probably nine years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, early 30s, were you? You could have fit in. What, yeah, whatever. You're just getting your master's. Whatever it takes. I've <laughs> jumped fences in Italy to get in games. Whatever it takes. Sometimes the credential's not there. you got to see the game. Have you ever called in a bomb threat if you were late? <laughs> Tried to stop momentum a few times. Yeah. <laughs> File that away for really desperate measures. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, what's uh, what's the one that you've got in, in the chamber for us here? Uh, craziest stories. I mean, I haven't been doing this as long as Austin, yeah. so I haven't had any bomb threats yet. But You're mostly domestic. Too, yes, right? I'm yeah, mostly so. domestic. So mine has just been flight coordination and trying to get to a place on time versus not making it at all. Uh, earlier last season or last year, you know, Christmas time, there was that huge like snowstorm that yeah. was taking over the Midwest. I was in Vegas uh, at G League Showcase trying to get back to the East Coast. And I called to change my flight, and they were like, oh, did you call to change because of the weather? I'm like, what weather? Because you have <laughs> no clue what's going on, really, on the outside. You're just like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, the weather? Because like, you're dialed in. Because you're, you're dialed in yeah. on what you're doing. And I'm like, wait, there's a snowstorm. I'm like, when is this supposed to hit? So now I'm like trying to be a meteorologist and try to figure out, like, okay, if I leave at this time, I could get to Pittsburgh at this time, and I'll miss all the weather. Uh, so long story short... I went to change my flight. They changed it for the wrong day. So it's the day of the flight that I think I'm leaving on. And I'm like figuring out like, ah, can you change my flight back to like change it to this day? You changed it to the wrong date. The lady's yelling at me. I'm like, actually, I'm pretty calm right now. I understand. We just did some improv. So I'm like, yes, yes. And so I'm like, <laughs> yes, I understand your frustration. However, you know, I'd really like for you to change my flight. That would be really Did she great. change it? She did, and I made it home in time. So just you, the weather. You didn't get stuck. 
I didn't. In the so. rough, I mean, extra time in Vegas is no one would want that. Man, I mean, three, four days in Vegas, not seeing sunlight. So <laughs> you might be ready to go. They shouldn't let people stay in Vegas for more than three days. You should have to leave. <laughs> you should after a while. Just have, like, have you gone out there for the entire summer league before? I've never That's made it. Long. Okay. Man. Yeah, because I have multiple times, and like ten days in Vegas, brutal. Yeah, especially brutal when you may or may not be partaking in extracurricular activities, not just the work <laughs> portion. That can be a long time in Las Vegas. That 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 I can confirm. You, I'm I'm not a party guy anyway, but for me, those days in Vegas, I'm toast. Like just yeah. the work part. I'm saying it's it's yeah, yeah whatever. Because eight, it's, eight exactly, games yeah. and. 10 meetings with people and th those are long days for for us because for like free agency, agency exactly your g-league team you're usually hiring staff and interviewing and there's it, just a it's ton just nonstop. It's, it's just like any you know a lot of people out there i'm sure have conferences for work big conventions yeah. or whatever that's the feel so you have all of that and then you have other people who are just there who are trying to network, network. and get a job yeah. so it, it becomes it becomes a lot vegas is a lot Everyone in your field has these crazy travel stories. And there is a mythology to what you do from Red going to see Havlicek at Ohio State, right, and then walking out, these long trips to find a player in the middle of nowhere. It makes me wonder this. We are in an unprecedented age of video. I can watch. My son is 11. He plays hockey. We're on the road. I'm watching, calling our game. I can watch his game from 3,000 miles away. What is... The inherent value of seeing somebody live when now you could literally watch almost anything that player has done in a game or a practice for years. Well, there's a lot that you could get from seeing somebody live. I mean, sometimes when you're watching on TV, how tall they really are, their length, you know, how they're actually moving. Some of that sometimes get misconstrued. But when you see somebody live, you can see their mannerisms, how they interact with their teammates. Uh, you can get intel from their coaching staff. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, advantages of seeing somebody live versus, you know, always watching it on film. It's a great question, Sean. And we talk about it all the time, the trade-offs, uh, because you can be more efficient at home. It's, you know, travel's expensive and it's a lot. And, and uh, we can watch... Bomb threats? Yeah, bomb threats. Yeah. We can watch every game they've ever played. And we have programs that we can watch there. I want to watch three-pointers in the fourth quarter, the last five games, and just click play, and they'll play them in a row. Like, you, you can get very granular if you want. But um, a, a big part of our travel is what Ashley alluded to is is kind of our intel gathering. Um, if you go meet and establish rapport and relationships with coaches and people around the league, you, you get a lot more in person than cold calls. So, you know, we want to know, does the kid work hard? Does he stay out of trouble off the court? How's he doing in the weight room? How does he do out of timeout plays, you know, all these things that, you know, you, you can watch and see, but you can get a lot of info from staff. Sean, before we follow up on that, I want to ask you the exact same thing, because for a couple of years, you had to experience doing things remote. So how do things change when you are there in person for what you're doing? I see my kid less. <laughs> uh, it, it was, I think all of us during the pandemic, right? No matter what field we're in, what we're doing, we found a way to make our jobs work mm -hmm. and then you don't realize when you go back to doing it the way it's supposed to be done it's like you know age-old dated reference but going back to color from black and white in the wizard of oz like okay this is how it's supposed to be you're seeing it again 
and crazy things in my job where all of a sudden I'm dependent on seeing whatever they put on the camera in front of me. And nothing else. For example, when they used the wrong feed one night, we had a Turner game. So instead of getting the wide camera feed of the game, I got what's called the ISO camera, which is somebody zooming in. Literally on somebody's face. So when the beard was dribbling, all I could see was the beard. So you could not, you know, so uh, that's the reason I asked about seeing somebody live. I often, back in the days when we would sit courtside, you'd sit next to the advanced scout. Right. Team is playing a Celtics. And you say, man, you can watch literally every game exactly as you described it. You can break down every play. I ask this to Joe sometimes when we're playing a team on a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. When you're used to watching a team with the video breakdown, but you can watch them live, do you watch it live? And how is it different even just watching a game on TV? So mm-hmm. that's why I'm always fascinated how people take mm-hmm. in the information. It, it, it's just like any, I mean, we're investing millions of dollars, the opportunity cost on top of that, and, yeah. and we all want to win. So you have these these high, high stakes, and it's scary to invest that type of resources into a person without at least seeing them a couple times you know it's just it's just that there's also that peace of mind on top of all the intangible things we're talking about that's the other interesting thing to me though for what you two do and the rest of your group for that matter and and bennis he's coming on later in in this episode but the like you don't know what the payoff is going to be for all of the work that you're putting in i'm sure you put in thousands of hours on players coming into the draft or you know even around the league even when we don't have a draft pick exactly that's 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 my whole point is like right i guess how do you parse that out and figure out how much time to invest in you know x y and z versus i mean it you just got to know all the best players and that payoff comes guaranteed right there's there's this, this is the trade deadline week when we're recording this we will have hundreds of conversations about these guys and every team in the league calls and checks in. You talk about different things, and you just bounce ideas. and And you need to know all those guys, you know, whether they're on your team or not. And you need to have a general idea. You can always do some last minute research, but sometimes the trade deadline, there's an hour to go, and you get a call. You you can't go back and watch film. Or on draft night, there's thirty seconds till the next pick. You got to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And and so that research is is there. And and even if let's say I'm watching a kid at at a local school here and he doesn't get drafted he'll go in the g league or he'll go play in europe and three years from now he'll get better and he'll have a great year in spain and i'll need to know him and if i don't have that baseline it, it's starting from zero and it's harder so all, all of that work does pay off it, it's just uh, not always immediate right you mentioned um earlier in, in the prior to me kind of diverting our conversation here you mentioned kind of the intel yeah, part of this whole thing. Take us inside. What is that collection process like? Who do you need to talk to to get that intel? And then associated with that, the relationship development that you need to make with probably hundreds and hundreds of people around the country for you around the world to be able to have information that you trust. Right. Well, my experience is probably a little bit different than Austin's right now because I'm still very new to this and still building out, you know, people that I know and the relationships that I'm building. So mine is literally like a cold call. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, it's Ashley Battle for the Celtics. Uh, I'm here to, you know, usually when people hear the Celtics, they kind of be like, okay, they yeah. kind of relax a little bit. You're not going to change your long distance. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. So 
but you're just, you know, asking questions, you know, similarly to what Austin said earlier, just really trying to get a good idea of who this person is. And, and that can come from literally anybody. It could come from the managers. It could come from the coaching staff. It could come from uh, coaches. I mean, it can literally come from anybody that has a relationship with this with this player. It's a small world, yeah. basketball world. We, we get to know a lot of the same people. I joke that I travel the entire world and see the same 40 guys or every, you know <laughs> everywhere I go. So it, it, you do get to know a lot of people and and, um, and and none of this is to say that we just take some you know assistant coach's word because they don't always know. Mm-hmm. We, we just take their perspective and we put it in with our own perspective and multiple other sources and we just try to get as clear a picture as you can. And then in the end, you're still trying to guess how a 19-year-old will react to the NBA game and millions of dollars. And mm-hmm. it's it's still a very it's an educated guess in the end. Is this why it's so important to have new voices in the room coming from different places? Absolutely. You know, it, it's we have a good mix of continuity and, and new voices, and you're always trying to learn. I mean, we're always trying to talk to people and how they do things. And and I've had dinner with with all these guys on the road and long drives sometimes we'll carpool different scouts and execs just hey we're all going the same place and you just talk and exchange ideas and and there's definitely some uh some some new perspectives ashley has a has played in completely different leagues she's played all over the world in the WNBA and and has a very good insight on stuff that that i things i wouldn't have seen was you uh this because this is the one that was been killing me ever since we decided we were going to sit down and do this so, Ashley, you're sitting in a room with a bunch of other people who, in the quote-unquote real world, are completely unemployable, all right? We are pretty much have useless day-to-day <laughs> skills. We have stumbled into sports because we couldn't do anything else. You made a conscious choice to leave the real world. You actually had an actual professional job with adults, and yet you chose to step back into this world. Why? With non-adults? <laughs> That's putting it kindly. Uh, you know, this is always been where I wanted to be. Like I knew for years now I wanted to be on the team side. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. Um, so it took for me going into banking, going into financial planning, working at the league office, going to Nike to finally make it here. So, and, and everyone's journey is different. I mean, I also, you know, have an extensive, extensive basketball background, but everyone's journey is different. I mean, there's people, we have someone who just came from college who's came straight over. So you can come out that way or you could take the long way like like I did to get over here. But, you know, it's, this is where I've always wanted to be. And, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to do that here with Celtics. Is that reinforced more because you spent that time doing other things that it feels more like home when you come back to it? Oh man, it's it's been great. It it has really been great. I think uh, you know the way my career ended on an injury, like a lot of athletes, and you're just I was bitter. You know, I was really bitter about the game and about just how things ended. And it took me a while to really you know find my love for basketball again. And when I did that, I was like locked in, like this. All right, you know, like I don't know why I did why I s- stepped away for so long, but you know, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. And, you know, it's great having, you know, people who believe in you, who, 
know what your worth is, what your value is, and what you could bring to the table. And, it, and then you have to believe in that as well. And if you're confident in what you have to do and what you have to say, then you'll be able to get it done. Did you get to play lunchtime pickup at your investment banking? Uh, no, <laughs> I used to. I used to leave and go. I used to leave and go to uh, to the Y though, play okay. some pickup in the morning Maybe before work. Lunch hour <laughs> before work. Before work, I used to go. And in Pittsburgh, I would play. Uh, like we'd play at like six or something like that in the morning before work. Actually, you, you know there's going to be a podcast about the Joe Mazzula pickup game, right? Oh, so there has That will be one day. That'll be a 30 for 30 about the human beings that have been destroyed T- mentally TV, and MA or something from that oh one. I'll be careful in your Scal's audience. Scal's never, Scal's not the same. He is not the same <laughs> I played, man. I His played eyes. with him once. I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that, that's the first time I've ever seen a coach miss action because of his pickup games. I've you know, never seen that. You know, Devin Booker said, hey, we don't, we don't double and, you know, pick up with <laughs> no, no, nope. he's not. He's not playing a joke, Deep. We just tackle with AT and T in car Wi Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT and T in car Wi Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com/slash in car Wi Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't try to distract it. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ashley, you came on the podcast last year during Women's History Month. And I know you talked about wanting to be able to lift other people like you uh, right. because there aren't a lot of female black scouts in the league. How many are there that you are aware of? Uh, at least four now. It's a small number. It's a small number. It's a very small number. It was probably even smaller when you started. For sure. What does that mean to you? For sure. I just think, you know, there's a lot of diversity that's happening. There's a lot of, you know, people who understand that even though you know, we're women, but we still know basketball, you know, essentially basketball is basketball and we have, you know, a great mind for it. So why not, you know, add somebody in who has a different perspective, who has a different, sees the game a little bit differently, 
because obviously basketball is basketball, but the men's game is different than the women's game. And so it it's great to see other teams investing in, in women, you know, bringing them in in the front office, bringing them in on the coaching staff. Uh, it's been really great to see, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more transition in the future with that. When you were in fifth grade, you were playing against boys. Yep. And you talked about how you were, you had all these skills, but they would just play bully ball right. against you, right? Is Does the equivalent of that still exist to some degree for women who are trying to break into different areas of traditionally male-dominated fields? Um. I mean, I could see how people could feel like that. Uh, you know, it's hard. I mean, I'm the only female in a room full of men, and we're talking about basketball. You know, so sometimes, you know, you kind of feel like, dang, all right, well, no, I know you've done your work. You know, you have to be confident in what what you've done and the work that you've put in and just speak about that. Like you're, again, we're all taking estimated guesses on the projection of how we think this guy is going to you got to tell out. the future <laughs> you, right you, you have to tell the future and so but you've put the work in and that goes with anything whether I was playing basketball as a kid or whether I was playing basketball at UConn or in the WNBA I had to put the work in to be successful and it's the same thing with this I know we're talking figurative bullying here but she lowers her shoulder and takes out our our analytics people down on the court. She is not scared to bully them right back. I was going to ask you if she, if she ever feels like a fish. You seem proud of this. That's true. What is it like for you to be next to someone that played defense? Is that intimidating to Actually, you? Actually, we're or, or undefeated. Is that a different? A- Ashley and I don't lose. We together. don't lose yeah. together. So seriously, so, who are you playing? Every Brad. Every yeah, got to throw Brad under the bus there. Austin, you interviewed Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, what stood out to you when this woman walked into the room and you started to have a basketball conversation about this position? Yeah, just just passion, IQ, EQ, right? These are these are things we look at. Um, it's a hard job to learn. I mean, Ashley can talk about how it, it at least for me, the first few years felt like you're drinking from a fire hose because there's there's so many players. It's a whole world, right? Like I'm at this point, I'm only learning the new players each year and updating small bits yeah. of, of the other players. When you first start, it's just, I mean, the NBA, G League, Europe, college, it's just thousands of players and we're having these meetings and there's just so many names. It's overwhelming to start. So we don't usually worry too much about that aspect because that can be learned. It's not brain surgery. It's love for the game, intelligence, um, and ability to work in a team and, and general basketball knowledge and feel. And, and those were the things that we liked about Ashley. In every other field connected to sports, there is, you think of play, players have talent and then there's hard work. Broadcasters have talent and then there's hard work. All of the elements to be a referee, you have to have some talent for it and whatever. Is there, are there levels of talent in scouting? Are there scouts who can see things that others can't. It's uh, looking at it another field from afar. You say, are there talented people? Because obviously the hard work is inherent. It's obvious. Are there levels of talent in what you do and having an eye for it? It's a, it's a big issue of contention. There's a lot of different opinions on that. Um, you know, you've got the people who aren't as good as it think that there are levels and that there <laughs> I mean we all we all think we're better than we are exactly. right but uh but even that I mean there's there's so I don't know if we've we've determined that Sean I I believe so but I think you know I think there's different you talk about it as an art 
which that connected with me because I have a overinflated sense of what I do as being important and it being an art. And that's what made me think of it because there are people in my field, there's going to be, you can't be successful in what I do if you're not putting in the work, but there is a difference. And that's what made me wonder, all the people you've been around in the game, almost by definition, some think actually the people you've been around, coaches, scout, anybody in the front office, there must be people that see the game differently, like a, a great piano player can just see the keys and play. Right. It has I, to be. There is, and, and if you come from coaching and going into the front office, like I think you probably see the game a little bit differently than if you haven't played versus, you know, going into the front office as well. So there's there's nuances I think that people inherently have about the game for themselves, and maybe that kind of gets a little bit exploited a little bit where you're just like okay well or enhanced like I'm gonna this is, these are the things that I like to focus on and these are the things that I think can contribute to make a successful a successful NBA player um where but it, it I've I found that a lot of people you know that I've encountered over the last couple of years have been a lot of people kind of think similarly about a guy um, there may be a couple things here and there where you're just like, no, I don't believe that about this person. But for the most part, I think, especially the top guys, people people know. There's quite a lot that, that we do that maybe um, isn't as, as obvious to, to people outside. We have salary cap. We have scouting in person. We have scouting on film. We have gathering information from, you know, networking, various sources. We have, you know... Uh, anticipating how that person does not in a vacuum, but how they fit with other teams, right? We have managing people. We have communicating with agents. There's a lot of skills, and it, it, it'd be crazy to think that there weren't strengths and weaknesses within every front office person on those various levels, and I've left out a few. Um, so some people are better at certain aspects and, and of that, just like players can be better at shooting, passing, dribbling, defense, whatever. So it, it's it's all it's all you know, important to find the right team um, together as much as any one person's strengths and weaknesses. It's, it's got to fit and we've got to have the right, the right recipe. And that's a big and interesting part of this is that you're not just looking at basketball players, you're looking at basketball people. And there's a lot that goes into that, that you're talking about, uh, uh, talking to these sources who can give you information about who are these people really on a day-to-day -day basis. This is a really interesting thing that I want to I want to post to both of you is that I've I've done some scouting stuff for our website over the years. Uh, I coached football when I was in college, and I found that when I was in it like that on a day to day basis of looking at hours of film or, or coaching, that it was hard to turn that off. And then I found myself walking around, always kind of assessing everyone around me, kind of in that <laughs> same way. Is it hard for you to turn off? like that scouting vision of of constantly assessing things and people and everything that's going on around you? I, a little bit. We make jokes all the time about, you know, sitting in an airport and go, oh, that guy looks just like... That's what I'm talking or, about, yeah. Or it's he's, like, he's plus two wingspan yeah. for sure. <laughs> you know, he's going to Sabaro. He's going to go right and grab that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we make jokes like that. But but certainly that at the very most stressful times of any job it's hard to turn the brain off yeah. you know sitting at dinner like all right i need to focus on my family not you know what can i get for a second round pick that you know yeah <laughs> so yeah. Th these are these are always challenges 
have you found that to oh be for sure for sure i mean i don't i don't i'm not married or anything so i never turn it off so it's always like when i'm with my friends or i'm hanging out or something like that i have to like be like okay i'm not going to talk about basketball you know i'm not going to talk about you know sports in general you know i'm really going to just sit here and just try to be present and be in the moment and if it comes up then i'll be i'll dive in and make go on a tangent but i try not to i try to leave basketball here can you watch a game as a fan anymore no. It doesn't get that's that's kind of, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting it at too. It's just I know. hard it, to it, turn it, it off. It ruins I, your fandom really. Yeah, yeah it does. I, I'm so spoiled now. I think of, you know, Duke North Carolina game. My yeah. friends are like, that's so awesome. I just think about yeah. the traffic and the hassle <laughs> to park. I'd rather see Duke against UNC Charlotte. You know, yeah. it's way easier in and out, you know. So that you get spoiled oh, with that goodness. stuff. This is a perfect segue though, because I want to ask about a movie that came out within the last year or so, <laughs> Hustle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, Brad, Brad Stevens. Yeah, Brad's yeah. got the beautiful he's, cameo. In there. He's gonna get us. He's gonna get a six dollar check for the next. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've done that. I said like Maxwell talks about his all the time. Yeah, I was my, in my dad's with... got one from Space Jam. He gets yep. like five bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. But yeah, so that that movie and uh, that Adam Sandler's role in that movie is kind of like he couldn't turn it off, and he just happened to find this diamond in the rough that wound up becoming this star player who the, walked around this facility. Who we had, by the way. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how we let the star player. And, and we, had, we had during the filming of that, which was interesting. That's right. Yeah. That's right. During the filming, we had that little, we had Wancho. But um, the, the I, I would say the inaccuracies of that is everyone knows all the players now, as Sean alluded to, with, with video. And you follow the right people on Twitter, you'll know about everyone. So our job is not beating the bushes, finding some guy in a playground in Spain, like the movie. It, it's really just d- choosing between the list that everyone has. Now, it's not going to be the same as the ones you find online, but most teams are going to have. Right, Giannis was probably the most undiscovered because he had citizenship issues that prevented him from playing on the on the junior national teams and stuff all growing up. But usually the the if, if you're not in the top 12 18-year-olds in Spain or in Lithuania or something, you're you're probably not on NBA radar, right? The, the depth is not so great that you, you're not going to, you know, be on those teams. So How much has that changed, though, like since you've been in this landscape and really since your dad got here back in the early 2000s? Because at that time, there wasn't all this film available no, it, literally it, everyone and anyone. It's changed a lot. I mean, we were we were asking, we were calling teams, you know, begging them to FedEx DVDs. Across the country, you're right. You're right. You know, and now I can literally pull up any game in the world on my laptop. So it, it it has changed quite a bit, but but that has made the world smaller. It is easier. It's harder to find diamonds in the rough in remote places. Um, but the late night fast food in the hotel room is accurate. I do that way too often. That's how much has the G League changed? Maybe a diamond in the rough becoming more of a diamond that you would not have become one without it. You know, I would say that even more than the G or, or even more than the G league expanding is the economic crisis. It, it, the European basketball hasn't recovered since 2008, 2009, yeah. Spain, Greece, Italy, the, the, the salaries for players over there has greatly reduced. And that has pushed a lot more players to the G League. They still could make a little more money in Europe often, but 
the chance at a call up. It, it, the, the gap isn't so big. The guaranteed money they're turning down isn't so big. So that, as much as anything, has pushed the G League deeper and deeper. And then two way contracts made it even more. Mm-hmm. And and so that that has made um, a little easier sometimes scouting. There's more players that are around uh, U.S. that that we can go see. We're bringing on uh, Bennis Makovicius next on uh, on the podcast right after this. He'll correct his name four times. He yeah. almost got He didn't do it. Okay. He didn't do it. Can you tell me correctly how to say the last name? Oh, no. Okay. No chance. Right. I just call him B. Okay, just B. Big yeah. Bad. Sure. Big Bad. For sure. <laughs> You're the man who discovered him, yeah. right? You're the one who made the connection with him. What do we need to know about Bennis uh, for our listeners who are about to hear our conversation with him? Bennis was... Um, very unique. I met him at a junior tournament in Rocklov, Poland. Um, Wherever that is. <laughs> yeah. It's a great place. Good luck, good luck, Siri, getting you there. Yeah. Siri, where is it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, met him there, um, and then we exchanged info, and then I ended up spending some time with him at the old Treviso Euro Camp, which no longer exists, and just picked his brain and got to know him. He was doing some advanced scouting, some coaching and some personnel scouting for Cheska Moscow at the time and uh you know found out he was a coach's son who grew up playing and he had a bunch of injuries uh which he claims hurt his career I don't think he was very good you can tell him that but but um, you have, have you studied the film yeah no he's he he was pretty good I just like messing with him um uh but Bennis is the most detailed guy he he's the only guy who I have to beg to take a vacation and stop watching under 16 b euro championship like like just you know he wants to find that he but yeah and he works so hard and and we're we're very grateful to have him well we're looking forward to that we talk uh, this is i this is i was dying to know from ashley because we all have our own perspective that we bring in and we talk about it from a personal standpoint from a player standpoint i worked with i've worked with cedric maxwell now for 21 years and he was a player when he played for the celtics he had to sublimate his game essentially he was playing with Larry Bird and he was playing with Robert Parrish and he became that fourth guy does the career path you had you could have gone to Penn State and scored 20 points a game but uh, but you went to UConn and played with a bunch of great players and you had to change your game you developed a reputation as a defensive player even though you could score because that was what you needed to be right does that perspective having come through that as a player does it make it easier for you to see the players that are doing that same thing oh 100% hundred percent like it definitely comes in handy because sometimes you know I also look at hey this kid wouldn't have made it this far if they didn't have some can I cuss absolutely (laughs) if they they didn't have any shit in their game you know and I always felt like you know me as a player where you know I knew I could score I knew I could do all those things I still had over a thousand points at UConn but that always gets overlooked like oh she she can't shoot. She can't do this. She can't do that. And I'm like, well, I, I can't. I just didn't. I can, you know, but it was within our best interests, you know, of the team. Literally, we're coming in after winning a national championship. I'm a freshman. Diana's also a freshman. Um, Tarazi, for those who are listening and don't know. that well, one, She's like yeah, Chardonnay or whatever. That's yeah. just one name. <laughs> yeah, it's Diana, like, it's Diana. And so you're, so you're coming and you're just like, you know, one of the questions Gino asked me when I was being recruited was like, are you concerned about playing time? And I was like, no, I'm not concerned about playing time because I know that I'm going to 
do what you ask. I'm going to work really hard and you're going to have to play me. You're not going to have a choice but to play me. And so, um, you know, I look at this as, you know, very similarly, like, you know, I'm learning something new pretty much every day. I'm looking at guys every day and I know that like guys could still have a long career you know, if they're doing the intangibles on the court, which is what I had to do on the court to to play. You relate to players with no speed, same way? <laughs> same, you have that just inherent. We, we joke all the time that, you know, most of us played at some level. Um, not Most of us weren't as good as Ashley, but um, half the time it's players like to scout players opposite of them. And some like yeah. the players just like them. And uh, I usually, are you? I'm usually, I, I, I like the way more athletic guys. <laughs> <laughs> he really does like the more athletic guys. like, nah, he can't Austin play. was the three. That he was lacking the D. It wasn't three and D, it was three. Just three. He was a three. <laughs> he was playing D yesterday though. He was getting oh, all right. D last night. Did that lead to the victory for you two? We actually were all opposite teams. Oh. Today. That was the first time for, for us. It was a little different. Can you fall in love with a player? And it, all the analytics, you could be studying everything you have studied. You studied hours of film. You studied the analytics. Everything says, eh, I, don't know, I don't know, but you just have that. Do you have to get away from that? Is that why you need a room full of people to sometimes, you know, <laughs> pull somebody back to reality? Absolutely. We, we all have guys that we, we get, and we encourage not to have, that's my guy. Don't use that. Yeah. It's not your guy. He's a guy yeah. that is available to everyone <laughs> and we can't get too locked in because um, you can overpay and all, you, you got to properly rate all these things so it's it's something we fight against um, but it, it, it happens and, and you do we have analytics group that's amazing that is checks and balances with everything we do and, and we uh, have a big group of people with great opinions that we all fight and talk about these players and and uh, but every year Sean there are guys that you just you know Let's just say out of 60 in the draft, there's maybe four or five that you really like and you really feel like you have. And in some years, there's just like, man, I don't really have a great feel for this guy. It could go any way, and I don't, I don't know. And it, it's hard to just – it just kind of happens differently every year. I got to say, from those few years that we were doing the draft profile series when I was scouting some, some players for, for the website, I still track them. And I'm still like, that's my guy. That's human nature. Like, like <laughs> that's if, why. If, if he yeah, went six it. and I thought he should have gone three, I'm still like, let's redo I'm, the draft. I'm I'm voting or and I'm, and I'm rooting for that player for the rest of his career. And, I can't like let go of it. And we all have that tendency, but when you have to quantify it, and okay, well, so what does that mean? Yeah, you want to trade two seconds to move up to <laughs> yep. get him. You want to trade two firsts. You want to trade an all star. Like, at what point is he your guy? Right, and and that usually brings people down to earth that it really does <laughs> like last year i was like they were like would you do that i was like no <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not and that's the life of scouting and basketball operations that's why it takes the fun out of fandom yep. yeah you, you, oh, it's yeah. why you can't watch the games as a fan because it's all you have to try to fight your emotions and get more analytical on it it's and it's a difficult process but you two have to navigate it every single day as does bennis bennis is going to come on next but Thank you both for coming on. We appreciate the time. I know everyone's really going to enjoy this conversation. Thanks for having us. Thanks. 
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't try to distract it. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So, Bettis, man, thank you for coming on, first and foremost, from across the world. I never know where the hell you are in the world. Where are you right now? It looks like you're at home. But tell all the listeners, where's home base for you? Thanks for having me, first of all. Thanks for the invite. Um, right now, I'm in Berlin, Germany, but a lot of times I don't know where I'm at myself. So I, <laughs> what, what, I wake up in so many different cities a lot of times, and uh, sometimes I also visit family and friends in Lithuania. Uh, but as you know, and I think as a lot of scouts experience, or also some advanced scouts, I'm sure, have a lot of stories to tell when they wake up in hotel rooms that they don't know where they're at. <laughs> I've been so, there. I mean, just traveling <laughs> with the team during the regular season, that happens all the time where I'm like, I go yeah. to the room number of the prior hotel that I was at. And then I'm like, oh, Classic. wait, that's, that was the last city I was in. Classic. Yeah, no, that's, that, I have the same problem, but it's just that when I wake up in the middle of the night, I have to go to the bathroom. And I just remember the bathroom has to be here and it's not here for some reason. And, and then I remember, okay, that was two days ago. <laughs> you're, you're walking <laughs> into a wall instead of the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, because you have your eyes closed and everything. I mean, oh it's, it's a disaster sometimes. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure everybody in this business has experienced something like that. No, no question about it. Um, so I think from my research, says that you started with the Celtics back in 2014. Is that right? Yes. And, yes. Yep. and that happened after you and Austin just happened to run into each other at some point when both of you were in the same city, right? Tell me about that story and how you and Austin Ainge wound up connecting and how it kind of blossomed into you being the international scout for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So that's, that's a classic sliding door moment. And <laughs> absolutely always, I always look back on that moment and I think how my life would have turned out if I wouldn't have sat in that small gym at that same moment 
in in Poland at the under 18s tournament at the most random time because I was working for a European club at Zeska Moscow, and I just decided without without looking forward to sign anybody young at Depa because Tesco doesn't sign any young players. I just wanted to go scout for myself. So I went there base, basically just to have experience in scouting young guys. So it was the most random situation. I went there, I sat down, and I saw Austin at that time. I didn't know him. Three rows down, standing up, watching the game, or watching as it was a break. He came up to me, and he just shook my hand, introduced himself, and... That was my connection, and that was my first NBA connection, basically. And we stayed in touch. And that was 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And so we stayed in touch over that time. And then three years later, there was an offer that I couldn't refuse, basically. And uh, there was some changes in Moscow happening during those times. And I I got to honor to work with also Coach Messina, who's, who's a well-known yep. coach in the NBA and in Europe. And then after there was another turnover, Austin made an offer, and and uh, that was that was the start of it. And I believe that was um, Marcus Smart's draft year. Okay. So I I wasn't working that draft, but I was already in the room. I was already around because I signed it a summer before when the season ended. I I joined uh, the the club right away, and that was for me something that where the whole the whole world changed for me basically. And since then, I mean, probably millions of flight miles that you've traveled like all over the world i mean i I see you occasionally over here in the u.s uh i see you at some games when you're kind of popping around and doing some scouting over here in the u.s uh but i know that you're you are bumping around to basically in touching feet in every country around the world um what's the craziest travel story that's happened to you during all of those travel miles that you've logged so i there's you know like Night to night, day to day, you just humping, hopping around from plane to, to taxi to Uber to the hotel and then back and forth. Last year, you Google Maps for just, just to get back on the mileage part. Google Maps gives you a, a report of every year or sometimes every month, depending if you let them track you or not. I let them track me, so I don't I don't know if that's good or bad, but I just <laughs> just 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 because it's 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 of interest. So I traveled last year, last calendar year, four and a half times around the world. And <laughs> did so, you ever sleep there's obviously yeah i did sleep but there was also some some personal trips involved there obviously yep. it's not all celtics but that just paints a picture of how much i'm on the road how many miles is that down a, uh it was over two hundred thousand, i think oh it was something God. like that in one yeah, calendar it year. was yeah it was a lot it was a lot <laughs> <laughs> uh, part so of me feels I, like I you're tried... proud of it though like that you're able to get I, through yeah, that yeah I, <laughs> I I I am a little I am health conscious, so it's not like I'm 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 really um just just doing the mindlessly. So I try not to schedule early morning flights where you have to wake up, you know, go to sleep late, wake up early, and then fly again. Sometimes you can't avoid it, so you just go there on two hours, three hours of sleep to an airport that's you know two hours or an hour outside of the city because of the longer distances in some cities. But I don't have. I don't have any crazy stories from from traveling because it's just it's just a blur a lot of times, but I have stories of experiences in arenas that you can't really explain if you're not there personally. And well, I'm, I'm going to need you I to try to urge, explain one right now. Yeah, I would urge everyone to go see any of the derbies in either Serbia, Partizan against Red Star. Either home game is fine. 
Olympiakos against Panathinaikos in Athens, Greece. And I was there in Panathinaikos. Some Olympiakos fans will probably hate me now because I would say in, at Panathinaikos, is the, the fans are closer to the court. So you feel it a lot yeah. more. You see burning, burning, uh, just whatever, you know, fireworks in the crowd. <laughs> and Jim, Jim is exploding. Your ears are ringing. Uh, another good derby is in Istanbul, where you Fenerbahce plays against Galatasaray. Yeah, yep, those we've are been there. those are soccer, those are soccer clubs, and Galatasaray, for example, is not in Euroleague, so they play in a domestic league, and that's the biggest derby because there's soccer soccer enemies. So you, those experience, I would really urge everybody, all the lifers out there, to go out and seek out and watch. I personally was involved in one, but I was still working for Ceska when we played in Turkey at Besiktas. And it was an early game. The the game was going towards the end. We already won the game. It was already, you know, an eight-point game or whatever. One of our players, I'm not going to call him out, one of our players decides decides to dunk the ball with, you know, two, three seconds left, and everybody is just grabbing their head and saying, why are you doing this? And as soon as he dunked the ball, the crowd just started booing, just start throwing coins. One of our one of our doctors got slashed with a coin, and, and his leg was bleeding. And His leg they, was bleeding just, from a coin. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fire fire lighters. So we had to all retreat back to our bench with the with the um, roofs above the benches where they have just protections. And we you hear the coins, everything just flying into the, into the into the plastic roof. So we had to just go through that little um, uh, how you call it. Uh, just 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 the, that little experience was something yeah. special. It was it was it was not pleasant, but you know when you walk out through the tunnel out to the locker rooms, you just cover your head and make sure you don't get anything hit at your head or eyes or something like that. So it's it's scary and, and afterwards it's fun to talk about, but it's not really not really a pleasant experience when you're in it. That kind of thing is like I don't want to say normal, but it can happen over there because the fan bases are just so rabid, right? And and because of the history, like you talked about with some of the, the soccer rivalries, um, it's it's not normal, but like it's, it's not like that never happens. If that happened over here, it would be like once in a couple decades, probably. Like that, that I can't even imagine that. Can you imagine that happening in an NBA arena? Oh my God. No, what, you know, the, the, the D- Detroit, Detroit, uh, Malice in the Palace, you know, that was that was something that happened that that will probably never happen again. Yeah. But if you get fans involved with the with the that's when fans run out on the on the arena, it's never good, and you probably will not see it in the NBA ever again. Hopefully, we will not see it again. I don't think but it's in, happening in, ever again. In in Europe, in Europe, there the 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 fans are so invested emotionally, and especially in Greece, they they don't when they ask the fans. You know who you, they don't ask you who you're rooting for. They ask you the question literally translated is who who you are, who are you? Uh-huh. You know they, this. So it's basically they're asking for your identity. Are you Panathinaikos? Are you Olympiakos? So it, it's it's an indirect question of who you internally represent and feel like. You know it's it's a much more identity thing than it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. When you've been traveling, what's the longest amount of time that you've been stuck in one place? Because of flight cancellations and or something going on with governments because you you're navigating that stuff wherever you go right so what is what is a, a story or or maybe the longest amount of time that you've been kind of stuck somewhere and not been able to get to your next destination 
Yeah, so I got two stories to that real quick. So one story was in Turkey, the Turkish Cup. That was about six years ago, maybe. And there was a huge snowstorm in Gaziantep. It's at the Syrian border. It's, it's, it's more like the south, southern mm-hmm. south Turkey. And we, it was a big snowstorm that they're not used to. First of all, we were driving on the wrong side of the road because the other side of the road was full of snow. They didn't clear it up. And we didn't know we were driving on the other side of the road until we realized there was a car coming from the other side. <laughs> That'll and show you real quick over. what side you're supposed to be on. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, the, the flights got delayed at the airport forever. And I, I couldn't make my connection in Istanbul. So I just got arrived the next morning in France. And I went straight to the game, basically, to the, to the uh, French Cup. And that was, that was straining because you barely slept. You were, you were just all stuck in the airport and you had to lay over and waiting forever. And it was, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty tough. Yeah. But in, in general, the airports are something that I, you know, it's people, other people drive with Ubers uh, to work or in Europe, it's more prevalent to maybe drive with a bus. For mm-hmm. me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a flight. It's like, I'm going to, to, to work. And the, the one thing that I always will remember that drives me nuts until this day, I had a clean record of never missing a flight. I had a clean record. I could sleep. I was, I was always very pe- at peace with myself until this one day in Barcelona where I was, the boarding pass on my, on my phone usually shows when you're boarding. So I was taking my time because I saw the boarding time and I, I, I didn't, I was not cognizant of what was going on on the screen. I was just looking at my boarding pass, digital boarding pass. And that actually had the flight time and not the boarding time. So I get to the gate and they said, the gate is closed. You can't get on. That's it. Everything was empty. And I was, I was sweating. I was sweating. <laughs> that was my, that was my, uh, I don't, I look back at it as like my, my, my biggest, um, I don't know, mistake in, in terms of travel, you know, it, it was something that will haunt me forever. Probably my clean record is broken. Well, I don't have a clean record either. I, I don't know if you've heard this through the grapevine, but I, I too almost missed a flight one time overseas with the team i'm not going to go into details here but this was in madrid um let's just say i got to the plane when it was about to take off uh and everyone else was already on there we'll save this one for another day our producer is laughing right now because he knows exactly what i'm talking about but uh yeah i almost which is what happened the night before well not what you might think uh There was, there was an issue with my alarm. Let's put it that way. Uh, All right. And, All right. and the phone in the room was unplugged, so no one could call me uh, to get me up. But I made it home safely. Thank God. I, I made it back. <laughs> um, when you're putting together your plan for traveling to all these different countries and, and trying to figure out who to go see, when to go see them, how do you make those decisions? Because it's not like in the U.S. where... There's, a, there's only a certain amount of collegiate teams, right? There's only a certain amount of NBA teams. There's only so many kids you're going to go look at. You're trying to find that diamond in the rough, and, and that player could be anywhere outside of the United States. So how do you figure out and, and put together that plan of where you're going to go and when you're going to go there? So a lot of times you already, there's not many secrets these days of who is who and who is where, because it's just so available on mm-hmm. Twitter, on, on any kind of websites that you, that you may search for, but you just try to decide if it's worth traveling or not. And yep. the pandemic showed us that it's not always necessary to travel to see 80 prospects, you know, just to chalk them off the list. So you do a lot of film work. You talk to people in those countries. You want, you definitely want to see the main ones that are already known. 
but some of the guys that are borderline that you feel like that you haven't seen before, you don't know as well. You want to make sure that you're internally at peace with yourself, knowing that player and feeling that did you you understand who he is. You have to gather the information. So intel gathering becomes a integral part of this job. Mm-hmm. And it's not only of, of talking to people about background information it's a, or, or about, you know, what the kid is really, how what do, what do people think about him in Spain, for example, or brand. It's also that you really have to know what this kid is made out of. How does he handle adversity? How does he t- go through the season? What's the context of that team? Why is he playing a lot? Why is he not playing that much? And what what is this role? Some some teams trying to promote this player for no reason. He's not that good, but he's mm-hmm. playing a whole bunch of minutes. And you're trying to understand. Okay, that's you know they're trying to push him. They're trying to get the buyout. So you're trying to put everything into into perspective and and understand the context of it. But that's where I think the the network that I've gathered over the last nine years now is probably the biggest advantage that I've I've had over the last years because you know from year to year it's network network effect. And instead of circle of trust, it becomes a triangle of trust. So I talk, you don't have to have hundreds of contacts. You just have to have the right ones in the right places. In the in each country, one or two contacts that you trust 100% mm-hmm. and they trust you. Because I find myself a lot of times, you know, it's it's under undervalued that I find myself working for them a lot to help them with information about G League players, former G League players, former NBA players, because at some point they will help us, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's a it's a really very subtle art that I would call it that you you gather information by create creating friendships business friendships and they become friendships because you start trusting each other on a whole different level and then when this one person that trusts introduces you to another person that can help you that make that that person doesn't know the information that you need he introduces you to a third person it becomes a triangle of trust and to me that happened so many times, and now just the network effect, everything is basically one phone call away. Whether it's China, Australia, or whatever you want to go, it's it's at, at the, my WhatsApp is my best friend, basically. That's where we communicate. Anytime yeah. Bennis and I hit each other up, it's a, unless we run into each other in person, it's, it's over WhatsApp. Um, those relationships, I actually wanted to ask you about that, and you beat me to it, but how do you develop those? Uh, because in my world... Uh, with the people who are working, you know, in front of the camera and reporting and whatnot, you think of the Wojas of the world, uh, the Shamsas of the world, like all these people who have very distinct relationships um, where they can get information that they need to be able to do their job. I'm just curious from your side uh, on on gaining information about players and whatnot, how do you develop these relationships over the course of time um, so that you do trust each other both ways and kind of know that you're going to help each other out what, what what goes into that process well luckily i like coffee and coffee is a big <laughs> thing over here <laughs> so call me coffee savant if you want but <laughs> it's it's a it's a very big thing when you go for coffee meetings or dinners or lunches or whatever it's casual most of the time but that's where you build the friendships and the relationships you develop really you you find out i open up i'm an open person generally you know i i, I don't mind open up about myself about my past about my feelings and people appreciate it because they see your vulnerability i'm mm-hmm. not afraid to be vulnerable and then they are not either so you create you create a ground for trust on the personal level and over time you start also trusting them with information about players that you know that 
only they may have that information, you know, and they don't want it to get out there. So they protect it and you protect the sources. You don't tell other people where you heard it from. You know, you share the pieces that you feel that are necessary. And I feel over, over the, over time, there's a, there's a spectrum of people, I call it, that I get to know in different cultures and different, in different countries that I, I figure out of how to reach and how to adapt easily to different people. You know, this it's, I, I call it the spectrum of people. Mm-hmm. And the more I've got to know the the easier it is to connect with them. And over time, it's just, a, it's, it just takes off by itself. Where do I fall on that spectrum of people, Bennis? Right in the middle, baby. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. You know, everybody, everybody, that's why I call it spectrum. It's a rainbow. Everybody shines in different colors and you okay. shine very bright. Oh, I'll take that. I appreciate that. Hey, you mentioned <laughs> the coffee thing. Uh, and I was actually talking to our, our chief technology officer, Jay Wessel, last night at the arena. And he told me an interesting fact about you is that you find the best coffee shop in every city that you go to. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All yes, right. Sir. So, I have it. Give I me have, a rundown of your favorite coffee shops in the world, and then you've got to have a favorite one in Boston, right? Yeah, there's there's one in, in close to the TD Garden, actually, Cup of Coffee, I think it's called Cup of... In the North uh, End? There's, yeah, it's right yeah. right, uh, right, close right close to the arena. Yep. Um, so that's a, that's a good one. Uh, you know, you, you caught me at a spot because I, I have a, I have them saved in, like, in my Google Maps app. So I, and when I go to Barcelona, for example, yep. I, I already know I get a, I get a hotel that's in between the cafe and the arena. So I really know <laughs> I can make that walk. Coffee in the and basketball. The cafe. Those, those are the two priorities for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I visit Beggs quite frequently. So I already have uh, the cafes, for example, uh, back in black is one good one in, in Paris that I go to a lot of times. I go back and I'm, I dressed, I'm dressed in black coincidentally, <laughs> but but it's uh, it, there's good cafes in every city. You just have to be cognizant of how to search for them. And there's different apps. For my, my favorite app, for example, is European Coffee Trip. And uh, they they have a, they used to have a website, and now they build an app. So if you are in Europe, just just uh, download that one. Or I think Bean Bean Finder, I think, is another one uh-huh. that's that's pretty uh, happy. But I I've made a hobby out of it, and I know where how to search them, and I know where the, where they are. Have you thought about starting a travel agency at any point in your life? Because you know everything about about every country. (laughs) I mean, right now there's people listening that are probably like, man, I wish I could just talk to him. You know, if I go on a trip to Europe, to wherever, uh, to London, I can ask Bennis, where's the best coffee? Yes, absolutely. You can absolutely can. I've, I've, I've made already for friends some like a Berlin tour guide, a Paris tour guide that they told me they go into Paris and I just put some, put some places, restaurants, bars, uh, uh, cafes, everything in one place, the main sites. So yeah, it's for me, I haven't thought about being a tour guide or, or a travel agency, but I thought about being a hotel tester when I retired, just, yeah. have, just, just, just go, go around and be a secret agent for, for some hotel agency <laughs> that's trying to just investigate how the hotels are working. So I, I think I have a good good nose for that. Yeah, now. you've got a future in vlogging as well. You can give us all <laughs> all the travel. You could be an influencer on social media. I can't wait for that, yeah. that part of your career. Why not? Why not? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm I'm a hyperactive dude, so I'll I'll probably never stop. Which is interesting because Danny Ainge, when he was here, and also Austin, they both 
like Austin called you tireless. And I think Danny said uh, it's impossible to tire you out. So both of them have basically said that you just never get tired. How do you go through all these day-to-day workings and your traveling and flying and waking up at different hours and going to watch games late at night, watching the Celtics at, at odd hours of the day? How do you do this and never get tired? How is that even possible? Coffee. Well, I, I'm, I, yeah, no, coffee Coffee is, you know, there's there's a baseline that I'm trying to keep. I'm trying not to drink coffee after 2, 3 o'clock just okay. because the caffeine has a half-life of six hours, so... By the time I go to sleep, I'm trying to have the caffeine down to minimum so I get quality of sleep. I'm really, like I said, cognizant of my health. So I try to fast a lot of times, not to eat too many meals during the day, not to stack too much. I eat a lot of dark chocolate to keep my energy up. And I, I try not to have high glucose, not to have high high uh, gly- glycemic index foods. So I try to stay neutral and try to stay just, just to have my energy consistent. So I'm I'm just cognizant of that, but I'm not I'm not a freak. I used to be very very extreme, so I'm kind of now going towards the middle and trying to enjoy life at the same time. Yeah. But also, you know, working out, walking a lot, just to make sure that I'm in shape and and just that my brain is working the right way. So I'm not I don't watch the Celtics games at three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I wake up every morning earlier than I usually work. Wake up, and I watch the games without knowing the result. So that's that's usually how to watch the Celtics games. That gives me just a, a start. Maybe I'm just you know three four hours delayed of knowing the result, but at least I've got my eight hours of sleep. For example, well, you've had a lot of good film to watch this year from the Celtics. That's for sure. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Got, I we, we're it. running out of time here, but I got a couple more things that I want to talk to you about. Number one is the sure. movie Hustle that came out in the last year on Netflix. I know you had to have watched it. I watched it. Probably most of our listeners have watched it. <laughs> How embellished is that movie about like what the real scenarios are overseas with with going and trying to find talent? So I got so many messages about that movie. <laughs> I got so many so many friends that I haven't Adam heard Sandler from was in playing while. you in that movie, right? Yeah, but but <laughs> I have to say, I have to say that first of all, my my dream is to be in a movie too at some point. That's, okay. I just want to throw it out there. We'll make that's that one happen. Of my, that's one. Of, that's one of my my uh, lifetime achievement goals, <laughs> but uh, the movie is a little bit of a mix of what it is to be like to be an agent and a scout because normally you can't mentor a, pro- a prospect. You yeah, know, you can't be that close to a prospect. You have you're observing him. You're you're working for somebody that you are not able, not allowed to represent, and he was representing him in 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 certain ways. So that's a, there's a little bit of a tweak, but. I like the fact that he was, what made it close to my story is that he was also an assistant coach, a go-to scout, that mm-hmm. was an assistant coach again. And that's where people that were texting me, that reminded them of me because I was shifting, I'm shifting back and forth between those roles with the national team and the Celtics. So there's a little bit of both in there. And it, But the story itself is not necessarily all about the scout. Well, Bettis, if you wind up finding us that diamond in the rough that winds up becoming the best player ever in the NBA, something tells me that you will get that movie about yourself. <laughs> and maybe you'll be able to play yourself in the movie. I prefer not to play myself. I prefer to be a, a, a crazy Jim Carrey impersonator or something <laughs> like that. Who would play you then? Uh, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need a story. My story is already... Uh, uh, just legendary. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be emphasized. People. People know. I. I'll. I want to shoot a movie where I'm. 
a, a Jim Carrey type of character, and I just can act a little bit crazy here and there. Fair enough. All right. Um, last topic that I want to hit you on is your communication back here with the basketball operations group, and obviously that switched over in the last couple of years. It had been run by Danny Ainge. Now it's being run by Brad Stevens. And to me, the fact that you're still here is a testament to the work that you provide to the team, that we were able to kind of switch regimes in, in the, the brains that are running this whole thing. Uh, and both of them wanted you to be an integral part of it. But what is your, so congratulations on that, by the way, just the work that you provided Thank the you. organization and, and for them to value as much as they do. Um, but what is the communication like on a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis with Brad Stevens, Mike Zarin, Austin Ainge, all of these people back in the States um, who you're providing a lot of the information you're collecting, you're providing it to them. Right. So that's, it's been, it's been different in, in the sense where I don't want to overflow information to people who is where it's not necessary to have it right now. It's not an urgent business, you know? So it's something that I, I I'm in constant contact with Austin. That's my, that's my primary contact mm-hmm. that, I, that I communicate with before I go to trips. So when I go to trips, I, s- I send out information to the whole group that I gather when I watch games, when I watch scouts, uh, when I scout games, or when I gather intel. But like Brad doesn't need to hear the day to day; he needs to hear the essentials, you know. So I'm trying to filter it out, just as I used to filter out as an assistant coach for the head coach the information that's necessary to know for him without overflowing and overloading him with information, because Brad has to whole deal with a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> So if there's anything that's urgent or that's interesting for him to watch, to take a look at, or, uh, you know, Beggs had a great game or Yamadar had a good game, just just those little things I think are necessary for him to know, but everything else, it's, it just goes with the flow. And whenever the, you know, approaching to the draft, that's when that's when things are, you know, that when you come, have to come ready to play. You just mentioned them. That was the last thing I wanted to talk to you about. We got Yam, we've got uh, Juhan over in Europe. What are those guys looking at um, right now and how's their seasons going? And uh, what do we think that those guys might be able to provide in the years to come to the Celtics org- organization? So Yam, Yam is playing in Partizan with uh, the Serbian team that I mentioned earlier, and he's playing in the EuroLeague. He's, he's got a really important defensive role. He's always pressuring the ball. He's always providing the team with energy. And the team has been, you know, up and down. They play. They have the, one of the best coaches, most most accomplished coaches in Europe, Coach Radovich. Yeah. So he's un, in really good hands to become the best possible player he can become going forward. And I I expect him to just keep growing, keep getting better, keep getting stronger. He's gonna he's gonna get there eventually. Beggs is uh, currently he he had a sprained ankle, which was unfortunate. But we all had those. It was nothing nothing that was really of of big. He's already close to returning. He was already traveled with the team and and is getting ready to get back. He's made a jump forward with his confidence and on defense on, on how much how much energy he provides on the passing lanes. He's just playing with so much more authority than he did before. And his role changed with the new coach because now they have an uh, Will Weaver, American coach who used to mm-hmm. be an assistant coach uh, with the Rockets. And he's pre- pre- preparing him to what kind of role he would have in the NBA, you know, just coming off the bench, coming sometimes just starting as well, but coming coming with the energy on defense and making plays in transitional offense whenever the opportunities arrive, he, that's where he's at his best. So I, that's, I enjoy watching both those kids play, and I watched them improve over the last couple of years. Yeah, Juhan, I was excited to see Juhan when he came over here and played in Summer League. 
I cannot believe how much of a man he looks like at his age. Yes. He is a big bodied, defensive minded guy. I'll be looking forward to seeing uh, if and when he makes it over here to play for the team. And same thing with Yam. He he had some really good moments when he came over in summer league, and those guys are growing. And uh, I know you had a, a pretty big role in those guys landing here. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing if those guys can come over here and, and provide to the team. Before we let you go, I know you got a podcast that you run on your own. So give yourself a plug. <laughs> let, let everyone know what's the podcast name, where can they find it? Shameless plug over here by me. Not shameless uh, not, at all. Actually, Come on. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's just basically called the Venice Podcast. And it's it's a podcast where we don't talk about the day-to-day. I, I want it to be evergreen. You know, evergreen. I, I, I Love it. I, I prefer it, I prefer it for, it for it to last forever. It's more of a Tim Ferriss-style podcast where I try to talk to coaches, assistant coaches, commentators, different different. Uh, different different professions in the business and talk about the nuances behind the scenes of how they prepare themselves, what kind of, just the technicalities of it. And communication is a big topic, how to communicate with players properly or how the relationship building goes. And I'm slowly going into other sports as well. So I had a rugby, a former rugby player on, I had a boxer on. So I'm trying to also explore how their minds work, how the preparation process is, how they deal with adversity and things like that. Approaching retirement for players, for example, I think is a big thing of the transition process from player to a new identity, basically. Mm-hmm. So I talk about all those little things that I think are under-discussed and under the, under the radar, and I'm trying to bring it up to the top, and hopefully people enjoy it. Oh, I know. I've enjoyed it. I recommend everyone out there to give it a listen. Like You're one of the most interesting people who works for the Celtics. Your role, your communication, the way you see things, um, it's... It, and being able to listen to you kind of dive into that stuff on your podcast is, is just awesome. So congrats Thank on you. that. Thank, Thank you, you for coming on. Uh, I know everyone's going to enjoy this conversation. And when, when will I be seeing you back in Boston? When's the next time? I'll be back in March, but the team will not be in town. So I don't know if I'll see you. All right. Well, let's meet up for maybe a cup of coffee. Your favorite okay. spot. Not maybe. Not maybe. All right. For sure. It's on me. It's on me. <laughs> Okay. All right, Venice, man. All Thanks right. for coming you on, and uh, we look Thanks. forward to seeing you in March. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks again. See you soon. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So, if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Come.